Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to Street Champs. Today we got content creator and director of strategy at Wake Up Pueblo, Mia, in the house tonight. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. How you doing today, Mia? I'm pretty good. Yeah, oh. yeah. I'm already having a beer at noon. <laughs> right to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hell yeah. So uh, what were you up to today, you know? Honestly, so last night we had a, a pretty crazy party for work, so I did not wake up until recently. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Damn. Mm. So you, you, you're, a, you're a partier. Not, not like, not I, <laughs> as I drink a beer at noon. No, 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 it's, it's not that bad. It's, um, no, but it was, uh, so Snap always has, or Matt Smith, my boss, mm-hmm. has a party for all three of his businesses all at once. So it was just a Christmas party, really standard. Um, but you know, we were out partying, dancing. I was afraid I wouldn't have my voice today. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh my goodness. Damn. Yeah. And you're the one that wanted to set this up like really early. This is, <laughs> the, this is the earliest one I've ever done. Oh shoot, really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, I'm like, I, I try to push myself to be more productive mm-hmm. and that means scheduling things in the morning. Yeah. That way it forces me to get out of bed, you know? Wow. That's a, that, that's a great motto. So, uh, Thank you. have you struggled with like unproductivity that you think that really helped you recently or what? Oh, shoot. You know, like, I think from the outside looking at everyone sees me as a very productive, um, hardworking person, but naturally I'm a very tired, lazy person mm. and I'm surrounded by some of the most driven people I've ever met. You know, people that wake up at 4.30 a.m., people that meditate every single day, people that work out every single day, people that eat right, people that, like, have multiple, like, career ventures, you know, side hustles, and, they're, they're, like, they just live in the grind, right? And I feel like that's always been what I want it to be, mm-hmm. but I feel like I have to work so hard to get there. So trying to schedule things in the morning is how I try to navigate. Wow, yeah, that's a good strategy. I know, I never thought of that. For <laughs> sure, schedule shit in the morning. So by five o'clock, you're free mm-hmm. for quote unquote free to work on your side hustle. Absolutely. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself. You know, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the short story is I work for Wake Up Pueblo, which is a content marketing agency. And as a director of strategy, what I do is more of like I pull pieces together, you know, because there's a lot of different departments of highly skilled people. But in terms of pulling together a really comprehensive plan for like clients um, or like a marketing strategy, I just. I create bridges to make sure that it's all one product rather than just side pieces. You know what I mean? Um, but my my uh, journey started where I've always kind of been obsessive about what I did. In this case, it was just school because it's the easiest thing to do. So um, I went to college on a full ride and then dropped out my junior year and started working for Wake Up Pueblo. From there, um, that's kind of been my entire life, <laughs> you know, as of recently. I'm trying to figure out how to balance work and life, you know, um, that's kind of my my priority at the moment, mm-hmm. but that's that's my that's my story. Wow, how how old are you? Twenty two. Twenty two. Mm-hmm. So you recently dropped out of college, then? I did. I did. I dropped out um, about this time last year. Maybe. Oh wow! Yeah. Just to uh, take on Wake Up Pueblo full time. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm the type of person that needs to like take a task on, and I need all my energy to go towards that task. Like I can't like I can't do things half half baked. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like to have. Uh, school and then not get straight A's and then to have, you know, like uh, a, a job like a nine to five that I'm not dominating at. Like I need to be the boss, <laughs> you know, that's like there's nothing short of that. And so I can't I can't do both. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you definitely have that boss mentality then. I try. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. For sure. Um, mm. Dropping out. Did they kind of push you to do that? Or did, was that your own decision? Oh, totally my own decision. In fact, my boss. So Matt Smith is also a dropout. So we make jokes that we're the, the twin dropouts. But to be honest, um, he was like, 
I will never tell you to drop out. I'm not going to do that. I don't want you coming back two years later and being like, I made a mistake. Like, this is not my decision. I would never tell you to do so. I support you either way. And um, it was kind of more of like a impulse on my end. I think my parents weren't super happy about it. Mm-hmm. I remember like the day I told them it was not a kind way. Like normally you try to like say it very nicely, get them to sit down, get them all calm, but or, like prep them a little bit, make some small talk, you know, and get them there. But um, I had just like come back at like 9 p.m. from a night class and I was like, guys, I'm going to drop out. <laughs> just flat out, point blank. Yeah. And um, yeah, their, their reaction was very interesting. For really? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, your parents are from Pueblo? No, actually. My mom's from Japan mm-hmm. and then my dad's from technically like North Dakota, but he, he traveled around a lot because my grandpa worked for IBM. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. are they now? Now they're here. Oh, so yeah. I, I live with my parents. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Shout out. Shout out mom and dad. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, so they're still together? They are still together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're um, they're fighting, you know? I think I think all relationships have their rocky parts, you know? 100%. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta fight to be together until you sure. get it. Mm-hmm. Dang. So um, you grew up in Pueblo all your life? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all I know in terms of... Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I think I, I've seen many different places but i've never known what it is to live somewhere else yeah um but I, yeah i love pueblo hell yeah yeah Fuck yeah 719 mm-hmm. man fucking i always say you know people count us out when they hear where we're from you know but there's there's so many talented people in pueblo that they just disregard because they say i'm from pueblo oh 100 percent. but you know the crazy thing is mm-hmm. is uh as uh our agency works more with like national clients mm-hmm. we bring them down to pueblo for you know certain reasons or we send a team out so they get to kind of get proximity to some people from Pueblo, most of us born and raised. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is that they're like, I've never heard of a place where so many incredible people, like I've never met so many incredible people from one place. So our entire travel team, they're like, oh my goodness, like I got to visit this place because these people are incredible. Mm-hmm. Or um, we actually had a client that we traveled out to. He loved us. He came down just to do some like shooting and he ended up moving here like two months later. Really? What mm-hmm. side of town? Downtown downtown like 4th street he moved uh next uh i probably shouldn't say specific specifics <laughs> but you know he moved downtown like more of like uh by the river walk oh really mm. you know what i what i blame that on wake up pueblo having access to the cream of the crop because i think i think you know that's part of it like wake mm. up pueblo only gets the best of the best so yeah like any any good business is only going to hire the best so it's going to make look make the town look a little bit better if you meet everyone from that business, you know? I but, appreciate that. I, but I would actually, not to cut you off, my yeah, bad. No, it's cool. But I think that uh, even once he got here, he said the very first, you know, when they moved as a couple, they were like, I've not had a single bad experience. Everybody has been so kind. Like, just the people of Pueblo Damn, are incredible. Yeah, so I mean, even though, yes, we do have access to incredibly talented people, um, like, people represent. When they get here, they're like, oh, shoot, you know, this is this is not just an anomaly. Like, this is this is the place. Damn, hell yeah. You know, that's, I love that. That's, I love to hear that story. You know, most stories I hear are like, fuck Pueblo, I'm never going to go there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. But I, I heard this, this is a totally, and I don't know how to enunciate this correctly, but I was speaking to this chick who's kind of in the spiritual yes. healing yeah. type world. And she was saying that people in that community here in Pueblo say that Pueblo is a sinkhole, like a, like a little vortex. Oh, really? Have you ever heard that? Yeah. You have? Yeah. That's freaking crazy. That is crazy. And I don't, I mean, like, I'm not, I don't know if I believe that kind of stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's it's where like spirits go to get like lost, basically. <laughs> it is that what so it, dark. is that what the like a sinkhole means? 
Well, no, like people I people just get lost here. No, well, I think the way they were saying is like there's a reason why certain types of people get drawn here and mm. cannot leave. I, I don't know if I would use the word lost. Granted, I don't know. I just heard a very brief, like, subtitle of yeah. what, you know, she was thinking. But I think that there's there's an energy here, possibly, you know, that draws some really dynamic people. Mm-hmm. And it also creates grit. Like, whether it's, like, a spiritual thing or not, I think that because of the unique experience here in Pueblo, everyone I've met who's creative or driven has, like, this grit about them. It's not just, like, this, like, staunchy... I know everything, I'm successful, I'm a boss. It's more of like, I've had to fight for it and I'm, I'm happy I fought for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow, definitely, yeah. You know, I'm kind of, that's a really eloquent way to put it. I'm kind of new at meeting all these creative types in Pueblo. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, everyone here is pretty humble when they're creating. Mm-hmm. But when they're not creating, they're just making the town just look crazy. <laughs> you know not not the creators but like yeah people that aren't creating people just that come here to get lost or sink, mm. be in the sinkhole you know they give they give us a weird reputation i'd have to agree with that yeah trying to break out of that stigma with fucking with wake up pueblo and street champs you know like there's more to pueblo than just like the little the little cousin of springs you know like come to pueblo don't go to denver type shit 100 percent. and yeah. like i think it's like it's almost like there there's pros and cons to people realizing how great we are, mm-hmm. right? So there's gonna be um, like the one thing I love Pueblo in so many ways, but the one thing I hate about the city, right, is that sometimes there are things that they don't like, like hey, our living like our living wage is crap, or you know, like they they'll complain about a lot of things that are just the consequences of a small town. And growth would solve a lot of those problems, but it also has a lot of consequences that people in Pueblo are so afraid of. Mm-hmm. And um, one that comes down to like, you know, people from Denver or Boulder or Springs buying real estate here, you know, you can complain about that all you want. And, but it's it's also like, if you want more things like recreational things for young people to do here, if you're worried about brain drain that a bunch of kids our age um, after graduating college or after graduating high school are leaving and eating. What's brain drain? Brain drain is this idea, right? It's like this, and there's a debate on whether or not it's a a real thing, but um, brain drain is this idea that young people, like young professionals, leave after getting a certain amount of education. So it's like you graduate high school and you're like, I want to go to college somewhere else and I never want to come back. Or you graduate college and you're like, great, I got what I need and I'm going to eat. You know what I mean? And so part of that has to do either with like job availability. So, I mean, we have a lot of blue collar jobs, but when it comes down to maybe more creative jobs, jobs that are more dynamic, um, that fits our Gen Z or millennial population, young millennial population, um, they'll leave for opportunity elsewhere. Mm. And so, um, and it also comes down to like, you know, people love to say there's nothing to do in Pueblo. You know, there's nothing to do but eat and drink. (laughs) And like that comes down to like economy and bringing opportunity. And sometimes that means even like franchises from elsewhere, you never know. But a lot of those things I think Pueblo pushes against. Um, But I mean, we'll we'll figure it out, (laughs) you know. Wow, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, wow, that's fucking brain drain. That's a new, that's a new one. I love that. Um, fuck, you just blew my mind. <laughs> just the the silence. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but um, so you're kind of, you're kind of trying to end that though. You 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 want to bring those creative jobs. You want to make content in Pueblo, or are you trying to branch out and leave anytime? That's a great question. I think 
I think there's a lot of there's Pueblo's always had a really great creative community, and it's actually been fairly large. I think uh, if I can contribute in any way, I would like to make it more of a money making opportunity because mm-hmm. there's been a lot of creatives that care about the community, they care about people, they care about like the craft, and that's like that's all great things. And I don't necessarily want to pervert that with like the idea of greed and money, but I do think that there's so many creatives here that could be like thriving, you know what I mean? If they knew how to apply it in the right way. And if, if business owners in town understood the value of it, I think that creatives would have just like so many more opportunities, so much more um, comfort in terms of income and, you know, like livelihood. And it just takes business owners to understand how to use them. And for creatives to understand how to offer their services in a way that may be capitalistic, but still leaves room for them to be creative elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like you could still work like a creative nine to five or more of like a career and step out of that and still find creative fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So outside of Wake Up Pueblo, what are what do you do? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm still working on figuring out who I am outside of work. You know what I mean? I think that's a, that's a really difficult thing because I dove in so hard. I think uh, if in the winter, I mean, if I have time, I'll go snowboarding. Mm. Um, definitely can't do like the tricks and fun stuff. So I'm not really a badass in that aspect. But um, there's that. And then uh, I do do some creative work. So I do like some digital art. Um, I'm trying to get into the NFT world. I'm still trying to figure out like what smart contracts are and like all that fun stuff. Um, I bought my first real estate property, which is super exciting. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I uh, spent a lot of time with my family. You know what I mean? I feel like I've been in glue for a really long time. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of the extent of it. Really? So, all right. So talk more about your real estate that you bought. Yeah. Um, where Where is it if you don't? What side of town? <laughs> so I bought it downtown. Downtown. Mm-hmm. Really? What do you What do you hope to do with it? Um, so initially, I was actually, it was really funny. I told my dad, I was like, hey, you know, because again, when I say I'm the glue to the family, yeah. I, you know, I live there. They were super happy when I decided not to go to college elsewhere. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but dad, like, I think I think I want to move out, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> he's, you know, he's somewhat familiar with real estate. So I was like, hey, if you just kind of come across maybe like this small house that I can rent to own sometime or like something like that, I would love to to not only have a place to live, but also not somewhere where I'm just draining my money down for rent. You know what I mean? Like I want to own something eventually. And also I apologize for the heavy breaths. <laughs> I got asthma. <laughs> okay. There's a cat in here, but, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, the cat is so cute. It's so worth it. But, um, yeah, no. So we, he ended up finding this place that and my dad's so extra. He found something that was residential on top and commercial on the bottom, which means that unfortunately I can't get a, a residential loan. I have to get a commercial loan, which has like higher interest rates and all that fun stuff, right? But eventually we figured it out. We found this like residential commercial, wanted to turn the main floor into a more like just a business storefront, you know, rent it out hopefully to a client that can like, if I, if I, re- if I rent it out to a tenant, then they could pay my rent for me while I live upstairs. Mm-hmm. The way I ended up is now they're living upstairs and they're renting out the bottom. So it's now fully rented out. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so I'm still living in my parents' basement. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, but you're but you're making money there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, though, I mean, I'm making much less money than I was expecting because the amount of renovations in an old building is ridiculous. I walked in this building; it looked beautiful. I knew there was some cosmetic stuff I had to do. I was like, I can handle this, right? Then, uh, things like the commercial air conditioning unit just wouldn't work, and then like my tenants were living in the cold. Or then when it was getting hot, the the heating wasn't working, or you know, vice versa, right? And so like then the floor collapsed, and like all these things, like I'm just like it's it's draining, but I know eventually I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Um, you know, how has that kind of like shaped your like entrepreneurial spirit, like owning your first property? What is? 
Do you want to own more? I would love to own more. I feel like um, I have not, like, I'm realizing that I, like, I'm going to be very honest. I'm not the best landlord. <laughs> you know, like, a lot of these issues that were happening, you know, my tenants living in the cold or, the you know, the heat. I was not solving those problems as fast as I should have been. Not to mention, um, I didn't know contractors. I know the heavy breaths, man. You can just hear the wheeze as I no, inhale. You know what I'm I mean? I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> I can imagine you as a landlord. Oh, I would. I suck. I suck. You know what I mean? I'm working on it. You know, to to my tenant out there, I love you. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out um, also like how to how to manage contractors because you know, thankfully, I have my dad to, to lean on for that. But I don't want it to be his project. I want to be able to own that. You know what I mean? And um, contractors especially if you're a woman and you don't know what you're talking about it's very easy to get taken advantage of you know higher prices they're going to tell you what you need when you don't need it or they're going to tell you what you need it's going to be much more expensive than it actually is and i don't have that technical knowledge yet to to make it cost effective for me and then for me to also get things done in a timely manner so i'm, I'm kind of like i'm struggling mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm not looking to invest in anything else until i figure that out yeah. but we'll again we'll get there mm-hmm. so do you think like um so in like the retail space, being a woman is kind of difficult, but does that kind of translate to like the creator space? Is that mostly men as well? Or is it, what do you think there? That's a great question. I think creators tend to be fairly well split. You know, there's a lot of, um, I think it's, it's yeah, I've never really had like a problem where I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many men. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but I would say that, you know, at Wake Up at least, you know, we do have a lot of like male creators and they're so talented. And I think like I got really fortunate because I have heard, you know, like when you're managing or kind of like being a little bit more of like a leadership position with a lot of men working underneath you, it can create a lot of issues or like more like just like social dynamics that people don't know how to navigate. I haven't necessarily had that problem. You know, there's there's some things that I'm learning through and they're learning through. Like, you know, like things like, oh, she's pissed off because she's probably, you know, on her time of the month. You know what I mean? Like, and those are all things that, you know, like are seemingly innocent and they might even be true. But then it's like, how does that affect my psyche? And like, how Wait, they like, say that? I'll bet you the, there's there's a couple times where they said something like that. Like, she's emotional because she started dating, or she's emotional because, you know, X Y Z. And these are all things that you don't really say that about men. You know what I mean? You don't say like, oh, it's just that time of the month for him. You know what I mean? Or ah, oh, you know, like he started dating this chick, and you know, like he's gone off the rails. Like, or, you know, like it's. And I think also we just deal with issues differently. Like I think women are just naturally a little bit more emotional, depending mm-hmm. on how they deal with problems. But for me to to lead over men that approach their issues differently is hard, you know, and it's, it's not their fault that they judge me for how I deal with mine. And it's also not their fault that they deal with it differently than I do. And so for me to lead and try to understand them, just knowing that we have different dynamics is like still something I'm learning through, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I've definitely heard that, uh, what do they say, the, 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 pay, the pay gap? You know, the pay gap, is that real? In your eyes? Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, and this is going to be so controversial. Someone's going to hate me for this. But I think that there's so many confounding variables, like variables that people don't account for, that could lead to a pay gap. But it's not necessarily just sexism. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be like, again, like, I think, you know, we maybe we've been raised to value different things. And so we might choose other aspects of life over a career. Um, or again, it also has to do with like, when we talk about leadership again, like, I think that I've noticed that I deal with problems more emotionally than maybe my male counterpart counterparts. And that can make you maybe a less effective leader, you know, like whether it's like, again, like there's, 
That's such a hard question because it's like, like I think there's very legitimate reasons and I don't want anyone to make an assumption that it's this way or that way. I think there's a lot of things that people don't account for and mm-hmm. a lot like a lot of issues that women have that are legitimate. Mm-hmm. But I don't always know if people give enough credit to some natural like um, tendencies that maybe women have that might lead to a lower pay. Like what? Like, like I mean, like the, the best thing I can say is like, um, when it comes down to leadership, you know, like, uh, women, I think, and again, it could be with how we're raised, but I think we, we tend to be more like people pleasers. We want people to be happy. Sometimes we'll not put our foot down because we're trying to protect other people because we're naturally like very caring and empathetic mm-hmm. and compassionate. And what that can do is sometimes that means we're putting people over profit. And if you're looking at a really large corporate situation, I would understand why someone who values money above all else will say, I don't necessarily want a woman who's going to make any sacrifices. Now, is that a good thing? No, I don't know. You know, like, you know, I think it's, you know, reasonable to say that you'd probably want more like socially conscious entrepreneurs and business owners in corporate situations. But the pay gap is about it's their business. They created it. How they want to run it is up to them. You know what I mean? I don't think it's like a social justice thing to say that they don't want a compassionate leader. You know what I mean? So like, I don't think we're, I don't, I don't know if people always consider that. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you ever dealt with a, a female contractor? No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure. That's yeah. that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any female contractors out there that got a building <laughs> could use some help on? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely would think in my mind, you know, like a 2021, just a Gen Z guy, I would say the pay gap with unknown education, I think I thought it was real. You know, but hearing you say, like, as a woman, you don't really believe in it. There's so many external, like, variables. They're not paying you differently because you're a woman. They're paying you differently because they have different skills than you. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I would. Yeah. I, like I said, I wouldn't make a conclu- conclusion either way. Like, it's real or it's not real. I think yeah. it's I think it's very real. But, um, you know, like, there's things that females need to be vulnerable and be like, you know, what? I do need to work on this. Like, for me, I'm working so hard to regulate my emotions because I know that naturally, like, it affects other people. And um, if women can accept that, you know, there's certain qualities that even though it comes natural to us, we need to figure out how to regulate and how to use them properly. I think sometimes they don't know how, like, they was like, they blame everyone else for what they are given or not given. But I, I think that, you know, while there's a lot of things that they deserve that they're not given, <laughs> again, it's going to it's gonna end up being roundabout because I'm not trying to be PC. I'm just trying to make sure that people understand the depth. But, you know, like, there's so much to it that they try to simplify it and dumb it down on either side of the spectrum. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I mean, I think it's just a learning process because more than ever we have, like, more women in the in the workforce and figuring out what that looks like is just, again, we got to figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, for sure. That kind of goes back to, like, the, the sinkhole topic. Um, like, have you always been kind of open to different, um, like, ways of thinking or, like, quote-unquote, like, woke? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I've, like, and it comes to my detriment sometimes. I think that, like, I'm always trying to, like, see the other side that I don't always know my side. You know, like, I don't even know what I believe because I'm so, like, I'm just trying to consume all this data and, like, I'm so, like, I want to believe that people are good and I want to believe that they're irrational. So if they're irrational, then something has to make sense in their mindset. You know what I mean? Everybody, whether you're, like, a Trumper, a Bidener, I don't know what you say, 
Biden thumper. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Uh, <laughs> no, no matter what you are, you know, like conservative, Republican, Christian, atheist, sat- Satanist, you know what I mean? Like there's there's always a rationale. Mm-hmm. And I try really hard to to believe that, you know, they're not crazy. You know, like everyone wants to say, oh, that person is just naturally unreasonable or they're beyond saving or they're like, there's just this assumption that you cannot reach them. And I think that... Um, I don't know, like, I, I just want to assume the best and that there's a reason. And I try to understand that reason so much so that, you know, again, I don't know if it's a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, that's how I operate. For sure. Um, you know, are you are you um, religious or spiritual or anything? Are you Satanist? <laughs> <laughs> Am I Satanist? No, um, no, I'm not really religious. I, I have some kind of strange religious beliefs. <laughs> like what? Um, so, again, like, these are all more, like, hypotheticals i don't like believe in them as in like i act by them but i have some theories on what i think religion is Mm -hmm. you know and i think the way i see it is that so actually okay this is get this there was this moment where i was talking to my girl my best friend's boyfriend and he was saying he's a biology major and he was talking about how every single cell in your body actually has its own mind like it's got its own job has no connection necessarily to your own neurons right it's like your brain isn't telling it to do this thing or it's like just doing it. Like your white blood cells are just doing this job. So I was thinking, right? If all these little cells in our body are acting independently, but all toward the towards like one goal, which is our body and our consciousness, our life. Then I was thinking if there is any such thing as in God, maybe every single one of us is like, I don't know. So my belief, I'll start from the beginning. I think if there is a God, he's still learning. And he does not necessarily know what, you know, the final truth is, the final conclusion is. Like, it's it's figuring out what life is. And so the same way every single cell in our body is learning and doing its own job, we are individuals uh, living through life, learning what life is about, learning, like, so, like, man, like, my brain's going to start bouncing. To me, <laughs> to me, um, heaven doesn't make sense because one lifetime to decide if you are eternally damned or eternally, like, forgiven, Right doesn't make sense because one lifetime isn't enough to learn everything there is to know about life. Life is so complex. All the situations that I have, everything I've learned is very different than what you've learned. And how can I say that I deserve heaven if I haven't gone through necessarily the trials that you have? You know, maybe I can assume I'm a great person because things maybe were a little bit easier for me. And it was easy to make the right choice because it was an easy situation to decide. Whereas some people have situations where it's more difficult to make the right decision and how do I know that I would make the right decision if I was in that situation? You know, like I want, like everyone wants to assume that they're the hero. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to say that, man, if it, there was a gun to my head and I got to save like six children, I would do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like, I, I would like to say I would, but if there was a gun to my head, I don't know if I would. And so I think about how um, there's so much to learn. And so and when I think about God learning, I think we're all like cells in, or like we're all like our consciousness is all, funneling to a single place and each one of us is contributing to a conclusion we're like weighing the scales of like how many people in this situation make this choice and why because our rationales are so different right and so um <laughs> like when i think about religion i think it's about there's no like an absolute we're trying to figure it out and it's kind of up to us to hope that we tip the scales in the right direction not the wrong because it's not decided if life is good or bad mm-hmm. i think we contribute to that conclusion and we can either create a very kind god or we can create a very cynical one that's like you know the world is an awful place and 
when given free will, we're going to choose the the worst of it. And I want to believe that like we create our reality in that in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Wow. Um, you know, I definitely agree with you. I never heard it put it that way. Um, <clears throat> I guess that's why people would believe in like a reincarnation or something. Mm. Because like you said, you don't learn everything you're supposed to learn in one lifetime. Right. Wow. What about like more earthly? Like um, you seem pretty positive. You know, you seem like you're pretty in check with your like emotional intelligence and stuff and even like your self-intelligence and stuff. Well, thank you. Yeah. When did that come into fruition or have you always kind of been like that? Oh man, I've just always been an overthinker. Really? <laughs> you know, I think I'm like, I've always been too hard on myself mm-hmm. and I'm an overthinker. So then it just kind of leads to like a lot of theories. You know what I mean? It just leads to a lot of, maybe I did this because of this. Maybe I have like this like trauma or like, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if that's a good thing, but yeah, no, it's, it's always just been like, um, like I think I grew up in a fairly neutral household, you know, like not super religious, but there was always Christian like undertones, you know, cause my dad did come from a Christian household. My mom was like roughly Buddhist, but in Japan, like when you're a Buddhist, it's kind of like, like everyone's a Buddhist, you know what I mean? And everyone has like certain traditions, but it's not like a really strict religion that you follow. So I always had kind of like two different perspectives, but none of that were like shoved down my throat. You know what I mean? And then I was raised highly conservative by a very conservative, you know, very conservative parents, you know, but I think that. So you're not a Biden thumper? (laughs) I think I'm neither. I actually have some pretty, I have some pretty crazy (laughs) theories, you know, anyways, (laughs) Biden thumper. Anyways, but I think um, because my dad was super conservative, I was so used to playing uh, devil's advocate that I always had to look at the other side to kind of like even out the household. You know what I'm saying? So I think it was just, I was just raised to like, I was like conditioned, you know what I mean? To, mm-hmm. to see the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like you said, that's a blessing or a curse. Oh yeah. Like you said, um, you naturally, or pe- guys, people, you're naturally a people pleaser is what you said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So playing devil's advocate, you're kind of, you're kind of going in the belly of the beast right there. You're like kind of oh. rubbing people the wrong ways on purpose. I didn't even think about that. I didn't, but I'm very like, I'm a very, when I'm playing devil's advocate though, I'm like very, um, I can work around the bush and I know how not to make people pissed off. Cause I can still say like, Hey, I hear you. I understand you. Cause I, I do, you know, cause that's what I work so hard to do. Mm. But I, I try to use their logic to see the other side because like the exact same logic that they use is like, it's universal logic. Like, not to get too deep into politics, right? But just as a quick example, right? So if, if um, when we talk about, like, politics all boils down to two fundamental beliefs, safety or security, or safety or freedom, right? Either you want a policy because it makes you feel safer, more secure, or you want a policy because you want to be free and you want to be, like, unregulated. So then when I think about, like, the all the fights are about the same stuff and we're all hypocrites, you know what I mean? So it's like a conservative will say, I want to be able to own guns. I want to be able to do X, Y, Z. And I don't want the government to tell me what to do. But then the conservative will also say, you are not allowed to have an abortion or you're not allowed to do this because now they're talking about safety versus security. Like uh, security in terms of, you know, like um, the safety of, like the security of having a really solid household unit. They're saying that we need like a man and a, a wife. We need children like we need to really protect the family values because that is what makes us safe as a society right so it's still safety versus freedom 
but despite the fact that they love this idea of freedom, they're going to try to restrict you. Same thing on, you know, on the, the more liberal side of the spectrum. They're going to say, we want freedom to not wear shirts the same way as men do. We want the freedom to, um, you know, smoke weed or even legalize, you know, like more, more extreme drugs like mushrooms, you know, because they're going to they're going to make all these arguments about freedom. Then they're going to say um, for the safety and security, we need universal health care universal income. We need to make sure that everyone's safe in, in, you know, in this way. So they're, they're still like, they just pick and choose where they want safety and where they want freedom. And I use the same logic that everyone has because the arguments they use as a proponent to whatever they believe in is the same, like they don't, they don't see that same logic in the opposing side, but we're using the same arguments just for different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, I don't have to worry too much about pissing people off because I use their exact same logic. And for the most part, I've had a pretty good, you know, like I haven't had not been like, screw you. Not yet, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you typically like getting into like these heated debates with people? Or are you, just, <laughs> are you more of a like a live and let live kind of person? Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> I think I, I do end up in a lot of debates. Like, I'm kind of the type of person, like, you know how they always say there's, like, three things you don't talk about? You don't talk about religion, you don't talk about politics, and you don't talk about something else. What? I don't remember what that third one is. Religion, politics, and... Gender, no. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know either, but there's there's three things you stay away from, and as you can see, as this podcast being an example, I've hit all of those. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because it's, like, I... So, like... You know, when I think about what I want to do at the very end of the game, like my end game, end game, somehow I want to contribute to like a more like open, like it doesn't have to be so serious. It doesn't have to be so like hateful. You know what I mean? Like we could talk about it. And if we disagree, like, cool, like we'll still drink a beer. You know what I mean? But the fact that you can't even sit at family dinner and talk about really fundamental things about how we live our lives, about what we believe, like what makes us who we are, right? When we talk about you know, like if we like religion tends to guide someone's life, you know, it is almost sometimes like their guiding light, you know, when things get the hardest, that's what they turn to. And to me, like, that's such a big part of somebody. And then to say you're not supposed to talk about that at the family dinner table is like cutting the closest people out and shutting them out from something that is so important to you. And it's because we've created this culture where it's taboo, because we don't know how to communicate properly. We don't know how to like, communicate with empathy, but still hold our ground and our opinions. And if I can eventually one day contribute to making that easier, you know, giving us the tools to still have those conversations and still, like, not hate each other, you know what I mean? I think that that's, yeah, so I do end up in these conversations a lot, whether I like to admit it or not. But, yeah, no, I think that's that's what I would like. Yeah, that's powerful. I think most people shy away from these powerful conversations because they're they're not, like, mentally strong enough to have their own opinion that you know, that they could, they could argue for or, or against, you know, but you're, you're not on either side. You kind of just like the fundamentals, like you said. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. I've never really heard that argument before, but um, <laughs> I'm a fan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what do you notice? Like when you're with your, you know, like your groups or like the closest people to you, do you guys normally just kind of like live and let live and not talk about it? Like you get, you do you and I'll do me and then we'll just kind of not address it. Or? I mean, like my brother is a, he voted for Trump. And I'm, we're Mexican. So fucking, <laughs> yeah. I was up his ass. I was like, bro, you're fucking retarded. Like, mm. like, bro, he's, am I, like, all the media is saying, like, he's fucking trying to build a big ass wall. To, like, bro, like, we wouldn't have, like, we're, we're, I was, we were both born here. And all my family was born here. But like, you know, if that wall was there 
50 years ago, maybe we wouldn't be here. Mm. You know, like they're stopping kids like us from growing up in America. And I was definitely up his ass about that. <laughs> but like my, my close friends that aren't my family, like my brother, I kind of associate with people like, like birds are the same feather, birds are the same feather flock together. Like all my friends mm. are creatives. We're kind of, we're kind of like liberal, I would say. Like I, I didn't really vote for Biden or, or Trump. There was no good options. Yeah. no good options. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like we already know what kind of time we're on. Like we're, we're, we're about like furthering ourselves, furthering our business, making, making good content, making good music. I hang out with a lot of musicians, like stuff like that. So yeah, we don't even talk about it because mm. we know, we know how we're, we know what side we're on. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Do you ever, do you ever feel like there's like a us them mentality? You know what I mean? Like when you say, you know, um, when you, when you separate into flocks, you know, saying, Hey, we have the same feathers. Do you ever feel like it's like a us against the world? Um, you know, I mean, like, I guess I'm pretty cynical. Like I know that the end of the world is coming. <laughs> oh, shoot. Like, yo, either you're fucking, you're prepared or you're not. And like, go buy a gun, fucking board up your bar up your houses. So like, I don't really care. Like, I, I don't really care about anything. Okay. okay, okay, hold on, no, no, no. So I'm gonna be, I'm a little bit, I'm gonna be a little bit of an agitator, right? Okay. So you say you're, you're fairly liberal. Yeah. But you also mentioned buying a gun. Sometimes yeah. those things don't always match. So what's the? Fuck no. Everyone should own. A, I mean, obviously not mentally, <laughs> mentally yeah. incapable people shouldn't have guns. Mm. But yeah, fuck yeah, have a gun. Have have as many guns as you want. Okay, and then tell me a little bit about the end of the world. Like, what kind of end? Are we talking like a, like some sort of religious apocalypse? We're yeah. talking about yeah. Mm. Sorry, I was. Keep, keep, <laughs> I was keep like, going. oh shoot. Yeah, keep going. Okay, Sorry. religious apocalypse or like, um, like governmental shutdown or like anarchy or like what? Are you, what are you talking about in terms of the end of the world? You know, I don't even know. Like, I think uh, COVID really opened our eyes that the grocery store could not have food one day. Like, mm-hmm. you can go to Walmart and fucking there's no fucking toilet paper, so you're never gonna wipe <laughs> your ass for the next week. You know? Okay. Like, that's a, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. And there's so many ships in the ocean right now. Like, if those ships never dock all that food's going to go bad. And then they eventually like, you know, so like, it's kind of all combined maybe. Okay. Like when the resources start getting depleted and we can't get food, it's kind of going to be like anarchy. And then when the government has to get involved to step up and then we're going to start fighting the government. (laughs) And then like, you know, and then that's when like the religious fanatics are like, Mm. yo, like this is rapture, you know, Mm. it's kind of all tied together. I think. Interesting. Do you have like a crew? Do you like a game plan? Like, hey, if this happens, this sure. crew comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. already have like a plan. Me, I'm gonna go to my parents' house and fucking post up there. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Why there? Their, their house is like a fortress. <laughs> you, you cannot get in. Like bars on every window. Like. Do you have like some childhood trauma you want to talk about? <laughs> no, like, I mean, like they're not like preppers or anything. Like okay. my dad just fucking. I kind of fuck with that. Like, I wanna, I want a fortress as a house. You know, like mm. if you're not going to get in my house unless i want you in my house mm. like in in life in an apocalypse like you know even right now like i don't want anyone in my house unless i invite you here that's true you wouldn't even give me your address yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. i had to ask him like three times <laughs> just but for the record here, just <laughs> yeah but you yeah. know like mm-hmm. um i don't think it's drama i think it's like it's wise like mm. i mean I don't know. No, I'm just teasing you. No, 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 I totally get it. I totally get it. I'm just teasing you. No, but, um, yeah, I don't know what I would do. That's crazy. Yeah. You gun owner? 
I'm not. You're not a gunner. I'm not. So I like, there's some of like, it just makes me nervous shooting a gun, dude. I'm not going to lie. It just like, it's like, it's just a lot of power. And it's like, I don't know if I want that power. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm not really like an anti-gun person, but I'm like, for me, I think I'd rather die than kill somebody sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. For real. I think so. Cause it's like, what's the, it's like, to me, like the only point of life, right. Is to live true to your values. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you have to break your values, um, or like if you have to live a life that's like so miserable that you have to kill people to survive, that sounds so miserable that I'd rather just like take a drink and take a shot. Like not like a shot shot, but like a shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like kill yourself. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> because, so yeah. What if someone, say a, a crazed gunman busts into your parents' home and he's like, I'm about to shoot all three of you guys and you find a gun, like would you shoot him? Yeah. I mean like in, in total self-defense, I would knowing that that's not going to be reality. Right, but in the in the in the world where if there was an apocalypse and like there was like some total like straight Sons of Anarchy type, you know, like I think Sons of Anarchy is about it is, <laughs> but Sons of Anarchy sounded like it just fit. <laughs> You're so right, too. Um, but no, like if there was like a total like a apocalyptic type situation, um, Walking Dead. Walking, yeah. There we go. It's Walking a- it's Dead. AMC series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if there was Walking Dead situation, right? Um, I don't know if I'd want to live through that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if like if in a short-term situation in a very full-functioning society where life is sometimes still good, <laughs> maybe, you know, in self-defense, I would still want to continue living. Mm-hmm. But, like, to own a gun for the sake of, like, just surviving, that sounds awful. I mean, for sure. But, um, you know, it's also in the day-to-day protection, you know? Like, mm-hmm. my, my, uh, my mom owns a small business with her sister, and... Um, they got robbed at gunpoint. Oh gosh! And um, yeah. they put it to her head, and were and they were like, they put her in the bathroom. They locked her in the bathroom, and um, you know that situation would have gone so different. She just would have upped the chopper on him. <laughs> Fucking, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, like yeah. I'm, I, that's what I think. No, I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just in the mindset of like, you know, worst worst case scenario, like apocalypse hunkering down i'm like i'm good <laughs> yeah 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 i probably wouldn't want to live like if it's a day-to-day struggle to like i have to go fucking raid a kmart <laughs> like 50 miles away i have to walk there like i don't probably i don't want to live through that but i don't want to die like, <laughs> without like my family and my friends you know yeah yeah yeah. Like, if mm-hmm. i'm gonna die we're all gonna die i'm gonna die with all you guys <laughs> oh, like, i'm not gonna kill them all but like we're gonna... <laughs> i just imagine you'd be like okay no like mm-hmm. we're gonna you know we're gonna fight the zombies together mm. you know I don't want to kill myself and just be like, yo, Derek killed, Derek killed himself. Why did you kill yourself? We still have a chance. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. But No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noted. Noted. He's not a serial killer, guys, just in case you're wondering. Oh, no. That was an intense, intense spinoff. So um, let's mm. get back to you. <laughs> okay. So in the mm-hmm. future, other than the uh, inevitable apocalypse, <laughs> what do you see for yourself? Mm. Um, that's a great question. I think I think I'll probably be with Wake Up Pueblo for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's there's like three business models that I have opportunities with. So if I don't like one, then I can just kind of shift to the other. Mm. And they're all in the same in the same building. Um What are they? Can you are you comfortable talking about them? Yeah, of course. So we've got obviously the content marketing agency where we take clients on locally and nationally. Um and we try to create content for them to be the same way you are, you know, present and personable, you know, so that people either buy the products that you're sponsoring or the buy the products that you're creating. Then the other two, yeah, sponsored <laughs> moment. Um, uh, second one is um, we've got a snooze mattress company, which is a in-store location where we sell mattresses. Sounds really basic, but we're trying to franchise out. 
we've actually already got like seven official franchisees, I believe. But the idea is, is that like, um, we're creating businesses across the nation with a single brand and a single process. So we help these franchisees run a successful business. That's really what you're buying into. So you don't necessarily have to be like a mattress salesman fanatic, right? Most people aren't. But we can show you how to make a lot of cash flow um, through the products that we sell and then through the process that we created to, to train our staff. Then the final one is um, a brick and no, not a brick and mortar, sorry, a bed in a box that we're selling online. So it's just like an e-commerce store. A bed in a box. A bed in a box. Like, like purple. Yeah, like purple. Yeah, we're coming for you, purple. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, the idea is is like there's three streams of cash flow because the type of consumer that wants a bed in a box is not the person going into the brick and mortar. And the brick and mortar business is a whole other thing in terms of managing franchisees because that's more of like what we would do rather than just selling mattresses. At that point, it's like managing someone's livelihood. Mm-hmm. If they're not making cash flow, we need to help them with that. Like if they are having trouble with marketing, we need to figure out a solution for them. You know what I mean? So that's that's really exciting. Um, I'm not really sure where I'm going to end up in those three things because eventually we're going to have to kind of like right now we're all operating in like really close synergy, but we kind of got to separate to figure out what that looks like. And um, yeah, that's those. Yeah. I forgot where I was going after that. <laughs> like, what do you see after that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There? Um, like, when I talk about, like, being the type of person that can provide more opportunity in our, like, political atmosphere, you know, figuring, like, how we talk to each other and, like, creating, like, just a healthier, um, healthier debate, you know what I mean? I think that I would like to have my own media agency sometime. Like, not really, like, not agency as in selling it to other people, but more like, have you ever heard of Jubilee? So Jubilee, had they, I mean, like, they became a little bit of a joke in terms of, like, people making memes about, like, their middle ground series where they pretty much put, like, they just take four pro-abortion, four anti-abortion, or they take... Um, people? They just, yeah, they, but they, oh. they really, like, they take topics and they just try to, like, throw people of different mindsets and they have guided conversation to create, again, like, just two different perspectives. And, like, viewers can just see why people believe what they do and not just, like, newscasters, right, putting out this, like, face having no idea what money is put behind their words, but actually like talking to real people and why they believe in what they believe. And I think if I had like a media company where I can create content that allows conversation, but then also like um, teaches people how to, how to have a good conversation or do their research or find their own answers rather than relying on, again, talking points from the media, that's what I would probably like to end my game on. And then um, in terms of like personal life, I haven't figured that out. You know, like, I'm still just, like, I'm still trying to figure out who I am, you know what I mean? And, like, what I believe in and what I want for myself. I know what I want for, like, the world, <laughs> you know, and I, I know what um, I can be good at, you know, and, like, side note, most of my identity is based on what I'm good at, you know what I mean? And that's a problem. <laughs> it's something that I'm trying to get over, but that's why I'm so clear and like, probably career-wise why I want to end up, but I have no clue, like, what I want my life to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think that's kind of like a an issue you you're, you said it is you're lost in work right now yeah yeah because it's like it's like um i was watching this video about uh this guy talking about how to raise kids and he was talking about like um starting with three circles right in the center starting with um you know like who you are you know what i mean whereas a lot of parents will kind of like the the only time they really provide that positive reinforcement like that encouragement is when they do something right mm-hmm. like you got good grades, you know, you um, won this tournament or you cleaned your room. Like you, it's all the things that you did, you know what I mean? Like the achievements that you did, you know, like the medals that you got. But we're not always encouraged or like 
uh, reinforced on our just who we are like our positive behaviors you know like our positive beliefs about ourselves or about like the things that we want you know for ourselves or what we want for others like we don't put as much emphasis on that and I think for me um, it's not so much just about a career but it's about where I put my value in myself and my mm-hmm. value has always been how smart am I how hard do I work like you know like you know how much can I get done within a day you know how productive can I be and I think figuring out like what just like what just makes me happy (laughs) you know what I mean or like what like like what do I like to do like those are all things that you know it's just it's like a learning process yeah for sure you think those people that quote-unquote live in the grind that you said that you kind of aspire to be do you think that they also struggle with this or do you think oh 100 percent really yeah 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 like have you ever seen those videos like on TikTok or like YouTube or Instagram where it's like some dude some very fit dude or some very fit chick is talking about how um, sometimes being alone is addicting to talk about, Hey, like, um, they'll like show images of, you know, them working out or them like working their ass off and like having these fancy things, these cars and these houses. Right. And you see these videos and they talk about like, like this grind culture. And I think it was Steve green, not Steve green. It was, uh, have you, are you on TikTok? Yes. Are you, have you seen that guy that just goes over really crazy facts? Like he's the guy that used to do like, um, college, uh, like courses crash course no i'm stuck on the guy that's like <laughs> when you accidentally tell your waiter to you too <laughs> oh, no 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 so like oh shoot i'm gonna lose my train of thought i can never feel it happening no 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 um there's this guy that called it um like success porn and success porn is like this constant like advice on you know what's invest in you know like ha- work harder you know like you can do this, you know, get up in the mornings, you know, hustle, you know, like all that stuff. And I was consuming a ton of that. You know what I mean? And I think, um, yeah, like I've noticed so many people, especially our age that are trying to like be something special, you know, they're trying to build a legacy and they've got something special. You know what I mean? Like you, you, when you come across somebody like that, you like, you know, like that's my people, right? You know that like sometimes it's even frustrating for us, right? Cause we walk around and we're like, people just don't get what I'm trying to build. People don't get why I'm so driven. They don't get, like, the vision I have. And you get frustrated, too, when they don't have it because you want them to because you care about them. You know what I mean? And you start getting isolated. And so I think a lot of people our age still trying to figure out who we are because we still have confusion, but then also trying to find people that we relate to. And it's hard because sometimes finding that driven person our age is difficult. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like, where do you go, right? Like, I'm not going to go to a bar, <laughs> you know, to necessarily, like, it's not, like, the go-to place to find, like, driven people. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, driven people are, like, at their home grinding you know or at work grinding and then all they make time for is um working out eating right going to sleep and then working again you know what i mean so it's like there's no like there's no hub for people like us you know like you don't like the people going to the bar who are just drinking their life away they talk about how sad they are how depressed they are how much they hate their nine to five like there's like there's nowhere to go from there and so i think yeah people like us have trouble because we don't have the right outlet we don't have a support system that you know knows what we're going through and is going through it with us mm-hmm. And um, probably were raised based on their accomplishments. You know what I mean? Yeah, you keep saying us. Are you throwing me in there with you? I'm assuming. I mean, like, when I look at this place, dude, like, when I look at, like, the fact that you're not only posting, like, three times a week, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that's a lot. And then the fact that, you know, like, being a solo entrepreneur, which is, like, what you're doing with, like, these, you know, like, dispensaries that you worked with, that takes, like, a lot of self-initiative. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to make your own path because, like, that's why people love nine to fives, because it's made for them. The job description is made. The, you know, pathways are made. They already know, like, hey, if I work this many years, I get this much 
pension or whatever, you know, like I get this type of insurance, right? But then to also go into a creative field, when you kind of know, like when you talked about the degree you got, you know, uh, for graphics design, you don't always know what to do with that. Like you made use of it. Like you say you don't really use it, but I mean, like you made use of it here and then you made use of it, you know, like when you work with, you know, social media for dispensaries. Um, and like that, that's a different type of like hustle that um, when people say like, when people go there nine to five and like, I hate my job and they complain about it, but they have no way out. Like they have no, like they're not making any like contingencies to make their way out. It's like in as much as you tell them, like, hey, you're so good at this. Like you like there's you like, have you ever had that situation where you talk to a kid? They say how much they hate their life. But they've got this like talent, this skill, this beautiful thing. And you're like, dude, just like invest more into it. And like they just don't they're just not motivated. They just keep wasting away because like they're either scared or they don't think it's viable or someone told them that, you know, it's like it's not worth taking the risk. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, um, you can help people out of, out of that, but it takes them to meet you halfway. And I've noticed at least sometimes they don't, <laughs> you know, like they just they just choose not to. And you can't beat yourself over that. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I'm definitely making total assumptions about you. So let me know if I'm wrong. No, I'll let you. I, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you just got his ego pumped up. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. just keep talking. Just yeah. keep talking. But, um, you know, I don't know about that. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't think Street Champs, I don't think any good business is built on one person's back. Mm. You know, I'm, I Street Champs wouldn't, the show wouldn't be shit without Rick G and uh, Daniel Ridgeway and Winston, you know, mm. like, and I know that. Like, I could, if I was to isolate myself, my business would fail. So who are they? Give me, give me, like, a background. Um, all right, so Winston, he's the camera guy. He's uh, behind the scenes, kind of our Jamie, you okay. know, kind of a quiet guy, nothing on him. Yeah. Um, Daniel Ridgeway is a lo-fi artist here in town. He um, plays guitar and sings, and... Um, Rick G is a, a local rapper. He makes like um, his newest song, "She a Little Freak," <laughs> is a is kind of like a strip club anthem. Okay. But he doesn't always go for that. He made he recently made like a mixtape about um all his favorite comedians. Mm. So he goes like he goes different different directions. But yeah, you know like if it was just me, it would just be me in front of a microphone talking like a crazy person. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. But I mean like to get to the relationships you have with them, right? And mm-hmm. to, like, say, like... Because, like, I can't tell you, like, how, like... Have you ever been around a group of people that, like, they come up with these incredible ideas? And, like, that is... You do it. You know, like, it, it sounds great. It's actually not that hard to put together. But then, like, they don't. And then the next week, they have another great idea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, like, that's the difference. Like, that's defining characteristics is that you guys, you know, whether it was just you or a group of people, had an idea and then you ran with it. Whereas, you know, there's the alternative where you have great ideas, then you have more great ideas, then you have more great ideas and you plan for them, but then they never really happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's just like a, like, that's the trademark of a successful person. Like, I don't know how else you cut it. They actually finish their goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, I'm pretty great. I think you're right. No, I don't. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. No, I think you're right. I'm, I'm not even talking about either of one of us, but, um. You know, the true defining trait of a successful person is how many goals they they finish and, like, the tangible items they can show people, like, hey, I did this, I have this, you know, not just I'm thinking of this. Mm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it may not always be about, like, I have this or I completed this, but, like, I like, acted on it and I tried my hardest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even if it doesn't really work out, like, at least, like, you went 10 times harder than someone else and, like, eventually you'll try again you'll try again and eventually it'll work out you know for sure yeah i 
I would respect someone that they said that they tried something and they failed more than the person that didn't try at all. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because, um, gotta respect the chutzpah. <laughs> I agree. So, uh, not to turn it too much on you, but you came out of college and then, like, what was your, like, what happened? Like, were you just kind of in this desert? Like, what, what do I do with this degree now? Or, like, so, what happened? Um, I started tutoring at risk youth in, in, uh, the Colorado Four Corners area. Okay. So, like, some of my students, um, two of them brought a pistol to school. Oh, shit. Like, some of them were just, like, really bad home lives. Like, their parents didn't give a fuck. One of their, one kid, his dad got deported, and he had, like, a bunch of brothers, and their mom just didn't have the energy to, like, deal with them. So, like, stuff like that. So, I, I was tutoring them, but it was more of, like, a mentor role. Like, it wasn't even about the school. It was, like, how are you doing today? Like, did you eat today? Like, do you want to go play basketball and just chill? Like, shit like that. And um, from there, I lost my job because COVID. Fucking, it was, like, right around 2019, like, the winter time. Mm-hmm. So then COVID hit, and um, it shut down the whole high school. So, like, they didn't need a tutor because I wasn't, they weren't in class, you know? Because I was working in the high school. Yeah. Yeah, so um, from there, my fucking landlord, God bless his, ham- God bless his homie, he, um, <laughs> he, uh, he was like, do you want me to buy you out of your rent, out of your lease? He, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I'll just give you your deposit back and um, give you back this month's rent. And you could just go, you could just like leave and do whatever. Cause he's like, because he knew like the shutdowns were coming. I don't know how, but he was like forward thinking. So I was like, yeah. So I took the money, came back to Pueblo. And uh, yeah. Damn, dude. It's pretty cool. That's crazy. <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. It wasn't that crazy. It no, was- well, I mean like, I think just the the idea of the job and then but then also it's like like it, the way you make it sound is you didn't really skip a beat so you got out of college yeah. you started tutoring yeah. then when COVID hit you came here and then you started this like yeah, you, no. there's really not much time in between any of those no, segments. No, that was definitely beat skipped so like oh that was just the summary that was just like the footnotes yeah so okay. like I had a falling out with my roommates too because um you know as I said I was a gun owner I bought my first gun in college and they were like like just sad they were like we don't want you to have a gun in here i was like i'm gonna have a gun in here and we carry that shit and so like you know i kind of used that opportunity when he bought me out of my lease i was like all right fuck you guys like i'm gonna go do my own thing you know so like it wasn't all peaches and cream like there was definitely like some hard some hard times but in the end i think it all and i think everything happens for a reason Mm. you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be here if i was still in durango that's true you know i'm glad i'm glad we're here do you like Pueblo more than Durango? Um, I think the lifestyle in Pueblo is more realistic. Like Durango is called more of a college town, and like everyone uh. there is just like, <laughs> "Yo, let's go to the bars on a Wednesday night." Yeah. And it's like, okay, but what what are you doing after this? They're like, "Oh, I'm gonna be hungover till one in the afternoon, and then I'm gonna go to go to my job at a restaurant. Then I'm gonna, you know." Yeah, it's the college life. Yeah, hundred percent ramen and bad choices. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So like. Living in that, yeah, there's there's people that have grinding, there's musicians, there's like artists and stuff, but that small town, that small town mentality cuts you off from like the big city dreams and goals, mm-hmm. like being closer to, you know, being closer to like the epicenter of Colorado, like Denver, like it's two hours away, we could, we could book something there and no problem, mm-hmm. but being in Durango, you're seven hours away from like a major hub like that, so it kind of limits you in those kind of opportunities, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you know anyone when you got here? When I got to Pueblo? Yeah. Yeah, I went to high school here. Oh, shit. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. 
Yeah. That's not, that's not too scary then. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I didn't really maintain relationships except with like, you know, all the guys that are on the show. Yeah, they're the homies. The homies. <laughs> <laughs> that's sick. But um, yeah, you know, shout out, shout out life. <laughs> shout out life. Shout out, shout out God, shout out life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hell yeah. Um, let's see. All right, you know, do you have any advice for um young young women that want to be in your role one day that see you and are going to listen to this? Mm. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I probably won't keep it too specific to like marketing. You know what I mean? Like probably more like just like, hey, if you want to, um, if you want to work in a really dynamic role, um, I would say if I were to define my job, it's less about again marketing and what I do. It's probably more about working for a startup agency. And like, if you want to work for a startup company that is dynamic, moves quickly, and provides a lot of like molding and shaping, because like that's really like the the benefit, right? Is you get to learn very quickly. And you also get to kind of decide the direction of the business you're creating because you are literally creating it. And if you're working with a lot of male coworkers and you don't always know like what it means to be a leader, because I sure don't, um, <clears throat> I would say that, um, <laughs> shoot, it's hard because I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, I would say it's okay that you're still figuring it out. Um, and then to really try to invest in relationships outside of work. And I know it's, again, it's super hard because again, it's like, where do you go? You know what I mean? But a prime example, right, is um, creating a hustle that you love and then also finding ways to share that opportunity. So for example, you know, like the way that you would, um, you know, just like reach out, like you go to a concert, you talk to somebody and be like, oh, you know what? Let's have a conversation over a podcast. Same way as like, even if you don't have a podcast, you just say like, oh, that's super sick. We should talk about it over coffee. And I think that our, um, our default, right, is the only time we ever do that is when we're trying to hit on somebody right? We're like, hey, let's go get coffee because you're cute. But um, very rarely do we take that opportunity with just people that are our own gender or are, are not our sexual preference to say that you're kind of sick. I want to get to know you. And for some reason, I think there's something more intimidating about that situation, that relationship, because there's no, like, you don't have to rely on, like, on a, in a romantic type, you know, like, situation where you're trying to get into, like, coffee or, like, a date. It's like, you're relying on attraction to be the reason you get to hang out. You're saying that, hey, now there's a reason, like there's a justification for us to do something together. Whereas with friendships, it's kind of like, it's like there's no excuse to be friends. Like, oh, we have to have the same interests or we have to um, be going to the same place at the same time for some convenient reason. You know what I mean? And like, I think we limit ourselves in that sense. And so you're restricting your community. And I'm not saying that I'm taking the same advice because I'm so bad at this. (laughs) I am so bad at this. But um, it will help you a ton because um, when you're still learning through the process of figuring out what it's like to, to be a boss or to, to be a good employee or um, you do need a life outside of that, you know, especially when it gets hard and you'll drown if you don't, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Mm. For sure. Um, do you have any other topics that you want to talk about? Oh, shoot. Um uh i do uh i don't know how how are you doing with um like do you want any like marketing or podcast tips because that's about all i got left (laughs) yeah i feel like we could you could hit him with me after the show yeah i don't don't want competition podcast (laughs) to get this get this gold real quick you know okay Mm -hmm. hell yeah so um all right you want to shout yourself out to the camera yeah uh you can follow me at mia.cadono k-a-d-o-n-o um on instagram 
It's not my actual last name, but that's just because Gilbertson. Gilbertson just like felt too white for me, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> like Mia Gilbertson versus Mia Cadano. Just like it just it's like a pen name. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh so Mia Um you can DM me if you want any advice on marketing. Um or advice on just life. <laughs> I'll do my best. I don't have it figured out though. Mm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm. Well thank you so much for coming, Mia. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah, it was a good time. Mm. All right, guys, this has been Street Champs. Like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right, peace.